Good morning. Rise in freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. It's Monday. Yeah. Baby, it's cold outside. Pretty nasty winter weather here in mid-Missouri. What's it like where you're at? Pretty dangerous out there? Yeah, it was kind of scary on coming to work this morning. I had to drive 30 miles an hour the whole way here. Sheets of black ice. We've got freezing rain. Totally nasty. If you don't have to go anywhere today, I highly recommend that you do not get out on the road, at least if you're anywhere near where Jefferson City, Missouri is, where we stream the Wake Up America show. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to all of our friends, fans, followers, and even the few feeble, weak haters like to watch the show for some weird reason. I don't know. Why would you do that? Don't forget to click like. And if it's your first time watching us today and you enjoy that content, you know what to do, don't you? Sub sub subscribe, like and subscribe. The Wake Up America Show streams live every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time on the Wake Up America Show.com. We do. We do it on our own website. That way, in case anything ever goes down, which sometimes it does, you can always reach out and touch us. Just don't touch me, okay, bro? Stay away. Six feet, please. You can send out, speaking of reach out and touch us, you can send us a text anytime, night or day. 573-319-1586. That's 573-319-1586. Somebody's already asking the serious questions this morning. They texted in and said, hey, Austin, how can I know that President Trump will keep his promise to not choose Nikki Haley as his VP? He did promise to build the wall in his campaign, but he recanted on that promise. Boy, we are going to talk about that stuff today. Let's just not get ahead of ourselves, okay? And obviously, we've got a lot of great political news today. We've got Eric Brakey, senator from Maine, joining us today. It's going to be all so... He says that he knows that there is at least one way that would definitely secure his vote for Donald Trump this fall, and he's going to explain that to us this morning at 7.30 a.m. Central Time. So about 30 minutes from now, we'll hear from... Um, Eric Brakey of Maine. At 8 a.m. this morning, we're going to hear from our friend John Miltimore. Yes, Mondays with Miltimore. To lay out the political landscape for us a little bit later today, about an hour from now. At 8.30 a.m. this morning, well, Ron DeSantis backer John Burke is here today, and he'll be joining us to talk about why he's not going to be getting on the Trump train anytime soon. 8.30 a.m. Central Time, so about an hour and a half from now we'll hear that. Okay, so if you're watching the Wake Up America show live, you lucky little SOBs, you get to see all the fun stuff. Before we get into all of the political angst and the news of the day, uh, for those of you who are like me, had to brave an ice storm to get here this morning. Uh, this one is going viral. <laughs> Haven't we all been there? We've all been there, right? We've all been in this lady's shoes. Hold on, I'll mute it and then put it on play while you're doing it. Okay, watch her go. Watch her. Look at her. She looks like she's at a metal concert flipping her hair everywhere, trying to get the ice off the front window. See, this is why it's so nice to have a garage. Give it up to my garage peeps. Uh, yeah, uh, my life got so much better the day that I moved into a house <laughs> garage. 
she she like figures out at the very end that she's getting recorded. Look at her. Here she goes, just waving that hair everywhere, getting that ice off of there. I've totally done that. Totally been completely. <laughs> she just like gives up, throws herself off the hood of the car. We all know what it's like to be there, lady. Give it up. <laughs> Poor lady. Uh, Hadi Makul over on foxnews.com gave her some advice, said to clear the snow and ice from your car's windshield, simply start the car, activate the heater, wait a few minutes, and then easily remove the snow and ice. It's a straightforward process that requires mental effort rather than physical strain. Okay, well, that might be true, Hadi Makul, uh, but are you with us or are you with the terrorists? Here's the thing. Some of us, like, if you have to park outside for whatever reason, this poor lady, sometimes you've got to move. You don't have time to wait until the car for defrost. And in some localities around the country, and this says Trenton Thunder. I'm going to guess we're talking Trenton, New Jersey here. And if that's the case, it's quite possible that in Trenton, New Jersey, they have rules, regulations, and laws that prevent you from allowing your car to idle to heat up your car during the winter. You know what I'm talking about? Have you seen these kinds of rules? This exists. This is a thing. Anyways, if you're just tuning in the Wake Up America show, good morning. Hey, guys. All right. Enough of the silly stuff. Big news is Ron DeSantis drops out of the presidential race. Yeah, you knew that it was coming. I've been talking about it for weeks. And honestly, it's just a huge relief because I didn't enjoy watching Ron DeSantis being embarrassed because I think that he's a great guy and a good governor and he deserves respect. And honestly, during his announcement yesterday when he said that he was back in Florida, that was the happiest I've ever seen him. And honestly, one of the big criticisms of his campaign was that it just seemed like he was so rehearsed and plastic and his smiles seemed so artificial. But when Ron DeSantis was giving his speech yesterday that he was dropping out of the race, he looked happy for the first time ever. Give it up for Ron DeSantis and his supporters. They put up a good fight. And now we should all work together and unite and do what's right for our country. Now, I know John Burke is not on board with that. He's still mad. And there's a lot of people who are still butthurt and angry about what happened to Ron DeSantis. But you know what? Ron DeSantis endorsed Donald no, Trump. Yeah, God. I know. But yeah. No. Yeah. God, please, get over it. No. 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 So it's something that you got to watch. It's something that you have to understand is that this is how politics works. It's very similar to the reason that Vivek Ramaswamy got trashed by Donald Trump and then two days later endorsed Donald Trump. And now Donald Trump has him out as a surrogate campaigning for him in New Hampshire. You may not understand it, but that's how America is. And America is, well, our current commander in chief will explain it to you. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was going to put him. Right. Well, so now we go on to New Hampshire and the New Hampshire Republican presidential primary primary seems to be Donald Trump's to lose, right? This is according to a new CNN poll that was published by the University of New Hampshire following Trump's 30-point win in Iowa. So it's recent. Trump holds 50% support among likely Republican primary voters in the state. His closest competitor, former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, stands at 39%. Now, both have gained supporters since the last poll but since that poll, the news that Donald that Ron DeSantis has dropped out had hasn't changed things. Where do you think Ron DeSantis supporters are going to go? Do you think they're going to go to Nikki Haley? No, I don't think they are going to go to Nikki Haley. I think most Ron DeSantis supporters are going to go to Donald Trump. And there's a lot of speculation about what's going to happen with the VP pick. And we are going to talk about that. 
And certainly, you know, uh, uh, Donald Trump has kind of pee-peed on the idea that Nikki Haley would be his pick. And I know this because, well, because Austin goes and gets the clips and plays them for you, doesn't he? Doesn't Austin give you the clips? He gives you the clips. You watch the Wake Up America show, you get the news, and you get my opinions, and you get a few jokes and a little bit of laughs. That uh, she was a globalist fool. <laughs> you know, back when she was your UN ambassador, you did praise her quite a bit in that job, even when she was leaving that job. So she pushes back and... Ref- I love Trump's face on this. It's like, <laughs> it's like, you know, got that, he's got that jaw thing that he does where he sticks out his lower jaw. Uh, right. First to those times. Well, look, she is a globalist. I've always known that about her. And our country cannot be globalist. We don't even have that choice anymore. We owe $35 trillion, and we have to take care of ourselves first. But, you know, I had no wars going on. We defeated ISIS. I defeated ISIS in a matter of months. They said it would take four or five years. I did it in a few months. Uh, and I just took everybody. I was taking everybody out. It was the opposite. I rebuilt the military, but the opposite. And we really had peace through strength in this country. But I got to know everybody, and I got to know Nikki very well. Nikki was not a great negotiator. She had certain things that she was good at, but she wouldn't be good for this job. I can tell you that right now. Day that uh, she. There you go. Donald Trump says he she would not be good for this job. And Nikki Haley reacting to the news of Ron DeSantis dropping out. Here's what she had to say. Don't I have all the good clips? I do have the good clips. Come on, hit that like button. You know AP is going to give you the news. He ran a great race. He's been a good governor, and we wish him well. Having said that, it's now one fella and one lady left. So there were 14 people in this race. There were a lot of fellas. All the fellas are out. Uh-huh. Except okay. for this one, uh-huh. and this Shut comes down this. to what do you want? Do you yeah, want more want of the same? Oh, shut up, simp! God, uh, quiet or woman. Do you want something new? Hey. Be gone, thought. Anyway, so if Nikki Haley were to drop out, where do her supporters go? Well, they go exactly where I've been saying all along. You know AP called it because AP is the smartest. Here we go. I am the smartest man alive. Here we go. Are you going to support on Tuesday? Yes, I think I have. I think I'm a Nikki supporter. Are you open to supporting Joe Biden? I am. I voted for him in the last election. Um, I haven't been pleased with some of his policies. What have you been most displeased with? Just, just the spending. Um, and and his treatment of the, the border. I think we've got real problems that he's failing to recognize and do something with. Um, but he's a much better choice than, than Trump. Okay, so just like AP called it, I said it. Uh, Nikki Haley supporters, where do they go? They go to Joe Biden. That's what I've been saying. That's what I said. I've been saying it on this show. I've been saying it forever that DeSantis supporters go to Trump, that Haley supporters go to Joe Biden. AP calls it. AP calls it. Wrong AP. Not the Associated Press. Not the bad AP. The good AP. Don't forget, send us a text on the Wake Up America show. We want to hear your thoughts and prayers. Not T-H-O-T-S, but your T-H-O-U-G-T-S. Thoughts and prayers. Send us a text at 573-319-1586. Did you guys hear the news on Friday? Stephanie and I are going to have a baby. 
I ain't a baby. I'm going to be a dad. And I know my, all my pro-life friends are like, you're not going to be a dad. You are a dad. <laughs> I know. I get it. Okay. Yes. It's a lot. It's a human baby and it's alive, but I just, I can't hold it yet. So it just doesn't feel quite as real. Does it? Uh, we're excited to be having our very first child in the Peterson household, and we're already calling it Baby P for Liberty. Oh yes, isn't that a nice, nice Irish name there? Baby P for Liberty. We've got AP for Liberty, Steffi P for Liberty, and we're going to have a Baby P for Liberty. Oh yes, it's going to be lovely. Makes one feel good, right in the Twitter. Uh, again, you can text the show today and let us know what's on your mind at 573-319-1586. That's 573-319-1586. It's the Wake Up America show, and we're glad to have you here. Uh, what's next on the kitty? We've got, oh yes, Donald Trump's going to blow Nikki Haley away, and he may choose someone for vice president that you may not have expected. Former President Trump said on Saturday he may or may not release something over the next couple of months about his choice for vice president. He had a nice little conversation uh, with Brett Baer, and he's talking about his opponent, Joe Biden. Will he be able, he be able to beat him this time? Let's take Your a indictment. And for the people out there that say there's another shoe that's going to fall with all of this stuff, I know you say it's all political, but there are people who she's tapping into that say this is going to be a problem come election. These are all Biden indictments. These aren't indictments. These are Biden. This is a political opponent. He's coming after a political opponent. He is bad for democracy. I mean, he is the one. He is very dangerous, very bad for democracy because he cannot win fair. Look at Fannie Willis. That was she was involved in the White House. Her and her lover that she paid almost a million dollars in fees to legal fees. They were in the White House dealing with the DOJ. And then they indict. And now it finds out that they're scammers. OK, and that one now is, I guess, down the tubes. We're doing very well in them. But they did this. This is all political stuff. And it's a very bad thing for our country. And remember, that goes the other way, too. If a Republican gets in, I'm not just saying me. If a Republican, they can do the same thing to a Democrat. It's a very dangerous thing. It's never happened in this country. It happens in third world nations. So one thing on the legal stuff, you say that you, the immunity issue, you would like the Supreme Court to grant you immunity when you Not were me. president. No, no, no. Everybody. I would also like the Supreme Court to grant me immunity, by the way, just FYI. <laughs> From what I'm going to do if Joe Biden becomes president again, no! it's just going to be hell on earth and no! my 401k and Roth IRA no! can't take no! it. All Every presidents no! have to have immunity. No! If they don't, they won't be able to function. They won't be able to say, we have to go into a war or we have to do something that's very strange, very tough. Maybe it doesn't sound good, but it's the right thing to do. If you don't have immunity, you might as well not even have a presidency. But so the judge that was going over that said that to your lawyer, the I'm sure I agree with that one, hypothetical that if as president you took out a political operative, a political opponent with a special ops team and you killed them, then they would what be amused. So a conversation. About a political opponent from another country, you know, the head of a country and all of this. Look, I mean, you can go down this hypothetical. But a president has to have complete and total immunity or the president. As an example, Harry Truman, Harry Truman, you could say, let's go get him for Hiroshima. Let's go get him for for what he did. He killed, you know, hundreds of thousands of people. Anybody, if you don't have immunity, anybody coming out will be indicted by the opposing party. 
I know a lot of ANCAP libertarians who would like to prosecute Harry Truman for dropping the bomb. Oh, God. And it'll happen almost without question. You know you could play it out. If President Biden came after you, he would have immunity? As an example, with all of the things he's done with Afghanistan, the worst removal in history, with all of the things, what he's done in Afghanistan, 13 soldiers killed, many soldiers just obliterated, leaving people behind and giving up $85 billion worth of brand new equipment that I bought because I rebuilt the military. Biden would be absolutely, and not, I'm not even mentioning his personal stuff. I'm not even mentioning that. I'll stay away from that. But if no, the president <laughs> doesn't have immunity, he will be unable to function. I think the presidency would be a disaster without immunity. Okay, well, what do you think? The next president of the United States, I guess. <laughs> but people are very excited. Democrats are very fired up, fired up for Joe Biden. Just ask him, like Representative Ro Khanna here. There Take is listen. so much enthusiasm here for the president. Anyone who says that the president doesn't have enthusiasm needs to come to New Hampshire. Progressive and moderates, lines outside houses. <laughs> Wait, what? Representative Ro Khanna says anyone who doesn't think that there's a enthusiasm for President Biden needs to come here to New Hampshire. There are lines outside houses. <laughs> what kind of lines outside houses are we talking about here? Uh, Joe Biden, how's his approval rating? Does he have the mental sharpness to be president? You know, she come on. Like she's 19 years old, sitting there with her, like a little lady in her legs. <laughs> Our recent poll okay. with Ipsos found 69% of those polled do not think the president has the mental sharpness to be president. Nice. That is up from 43% in May of 2020. Our recent. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. It's just, it is. It, it's the octogenarian versus octogenarian. It's the battle of the geriatrics this fall. Presidential timber. Now, when I say that, that probably means that she's not going to be chosen as a vice president. He says probably means that she's not. Nikki Haley is who Trump is referring to here. Probably not going to be chosen as vice president, but he may pull the wool over our eyes and choose her anyone. No, oh, God, God, please, no. No, God, please, no. No, no please. No, please, no. You know, you can go. I'm concerned. I'm concerned. No, you can go. You can go and you can say certain things, you know, I don't like them and blah, 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 and this. But when you say certain things, it sort of takes them out of play, right? I can't say... She's not of the timber to be a vice, and then say, ladies and gentlemen, I'm proud to announce that I've picked. Do you understand? But that's the way it is, okay? Tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. I mean, he, yes, okay. You can say whatever you want and then do whatever you want. And that's what people usually do in politics. Am I right? I mean, it's, that's reality. That's. I don't know why I have this random clip. I just thought this was hilarious. I was, I was going to talk a little bit about Javier Malay before we got um, uh, Eric Brakey on the show. You want to hear a little bit of Javier Malay? I just love all these stories that I'm reading. Javier Malay has been uh, sharing the Wake Up America shows merchandise shop items. Have you been seeing this over on Twitter? I've had to like text all of my best guy buddy like back on the East Coast who are like, hey, Austin, this Javier Malay guy, have you heard of him? He's awesome. And I'm like, you idiots, are you not following his Twitter? He's retweeting me like every day, please. 
where are my pats on the backs and my congratulations javier malay like he will i he will retweet me at least like a few times a week sometimes he retweets me every day and a lot of times javier malay will actually like retweet products from my ap for liberty shop store out to his audience like we've been selling a, a fuera javier malay hoodies like they're going out of style but they're not going out of style they are in style right now everybody wants to get them some sweet sweet javier malay merch so maybe now's a good time for you to get some uh, a lot of people have been laughing at our awesome uh tiny patriots collection too which stephanie and i've been talking about obviously because now we're gonna have a baby we just really love this little kid's hoodie uh, with the Lego brick that says, don't tread on me. Uh, it's a lot of freedom funny stuff that we have. For the child who will never suffer from confusion about their identity, our Tiny Patriots collection is filled with freedom and fun. So make sure you check that out at ap4libertyshop.com. And let's celebrate Javier Malay. I've got some hoodies on the way right now as well for me because i got to get all the cool stuff from my own shop because... Uh, Stephanie is always whenever we're making stuff for the shop she's like it's so much fun to have a shop with stuff that I actually want to have and, and own you can get your own Afuera hoodie endorsed signed sealed and delivered uh, well by me but endorsed by me and and I can't you can't so here's the thing Javier Malay doesn't have in his Twitter profile that retweets do should not be considered endorsements so that means that we should consider that when Javier Malay retweets my merchandise, that it is endorsed by Javier Malay, right? Because you have to, that's the rules. You have to put in your Twitter profile, retweets do not equal endorsements, otherwise retweets are considered endorsements. So go to ap4libertyshop.com, that's AP, the number four, ap4libertyshop.com, and get yourself some sweet, sweet Javier Malay merch. We got a lot, of, a ton of it. Uh, somebody needs to do a little bit of media training for uh, Soros's son, Alex Soros, George, you know, George Soros's son. He was at the World Economic Forum the other day and he seemed, well, comfortable before the media. Take but, a listen. Um, you know, I, um, I don't think that that's the I don't think that that's the fundamental. I don't think the technology is the fundamental issue uh, in, in democracy. Democracy is messy. I mean. You know, democracy is about contestation what you're talking about, Willis? of ideas. It's about uh, plurality. Um, it's about people having different truths, actually. Now, um, <laughs> fundamentally, uh, how society lives together um, civically um, in those in those contestations. Um, this is the heir to the Soros empire right now. <laughs> is, you know, is obviously uh, is obviously. Um, you know, quite, uh, quite, uh, you know, quite tricky. But I think that if we play too much on this disinformation card, we're taking the responsibility away from ourselves to actually create a narrative that inspires people to vote and to believe, uh, you know, in uh. Um, uh, in uh, in democracy and democratic um, uh, institutions. Uh, uh, None of the institutions. That's George Soros's son. <laughs> It reminds me a little bit about the movie Braveheart when Edward DeLongshanks has the son who's like, you know, the little effeminate one. And then he's like, uh, you know, always like he's like worried about his son taking over his empire when he's gone. And then, you know, his gay lover comes up and is like starting to give Edward DeLongshanks advice about how to run his country. And he's like, who is this man as if I speaking to me as if I needed his advice? And the, and the gay guy's like, I am skilled in the art of war. And Edward Longshanks is like, 
Tell me, what do you advise on the current situation? Anyway, so. (laughs) It's not like that at all, but I just wanted to quote Braveheart there. Anyways, it's the Wake Up America show. Click like and subscribe. You know you want to do it. QuickRxStore.com is the sponsor for today's show. So if you want to get 10% off of your hydroxychloroquine, your ivermectin, your amoxicillin, you can do so at QuickRxStore.com. Save 10%. Use the code SAVE10, all one word, SAVE, the number 10, SAVE10, at quickrxstore.com. We'll be right back with Eric Brakey to see what Trump can do to get his vote on the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. Good morning, rise and freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. How's everybody feeling today? Staying warm? Ooh. Pretty wintry weather here this morning in Jefferson City, Missouri, where we stream the show live every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. Had to drive 25 miles an hour the whole way to get here. So if you don't have to drive today and as bad as it is here is where you're at, I mean, stay off of the roads. I don't know how things are up on the Northeast. They've had a surprisingly mild winter this year, but from the frigid North joins us, Eric Brakey, Senator from Maine on the channel. Good Good morning, Eric. How are you today, sir? I'm doing well, Austin. Good to see you. Good. Good to see you, too, Eric. Uh, your tweet caught my attention over the weekend uh, talking about what Donald Trump could do to earn your vote. And for those who don't know you, you are a state senator from Maine. You've been a Liberty Republican for you know decades now, just like me, for, you know, been a frontline activist in the, in the fight for liberty. But you're actually considering voting for Donald Trump. Why? Well, I did vote for Donald Trump in 2020 and uh, and as the nominee in 2016. You know, I am a Liberty Republican. Uh, Donald Trump is certainly not a libertarian, you know, in the sense that I have a vision for the country. But sometimes you got what you got. And compared to the neoconservatives who ran this party into the ground and ran our country into the ground, started wars with no missions and no clear end in sight. Um, you know, a president who didn't start any new wars, it's a bit of an improvement. I admit the bar was set pretty low, but it was it, it was an improvement. And now it seems like the race has really narrowed to uh, if you're a Liberty Republican, you've got two choices. You can vote for Donald Trump or you can write in Ron Paul because nobody's voting for Nikki Haley. Nobody is voting to go back to the George W. Bush era and repeat all the mistakes of the past. And so I would say I'm not totally sold. There's a few things Donald Trump could do to to sweeten the pot and make me feel a little bit better about it. I know Vivek Ramaswamy has been uh, talking to Donald Trump about a few policy ideas he'd like to see Trump embrace. One of those he already did, you know, coming out against the central bank digital currency that would uh, basically be, you know, violate everyone's privacy rights and give the government complete control over our financial lives. I was glad to see Donald Trump do that. Uh, But, you know, he could also embrace another policy that uh, Vivek ran on, which was pardoning Edward Snowden, Julian Assange, and Ross Albrecht. In fact, I know that Donald Trump has considered this. My understanding is towards the end of his term, he, uh, the letters were already written out for pardons, uh, but he backed off. I, I, I'm told this is a little bit of gossip and hearsay, but I'm told he was threatened that if he uh, pardoned Julian Assange and the rest, that uh, the deep state might prosecute him once he was out of office. Well, 
He didn't sign those pardons and they're prosecuting him either way. So if Donald Trump wants to get back at the deep state, he could deliver a, a great victory for liberty in a second term by pardoning these heroes. Now, Eric, the, the upside of a Donald Trump administration is more than just the economy. It's more than just $1.50 gas, right? The mean tweets are part of that, which I actually enjoyed. But And it's more than just like this petty concept of revenge. It's kind of putting Donald Trump into a situation where it's like that, that idea where you have to burn your boats, your back is to the wall, you'll fight like hell. If he wins the presidency again, he has to fight for actual survival. He knows for sure that if he doesn't kill the deep state, the deep state will kill him, which provides a massive incentive for him to fight the deep state more than he did in his first administration. Do you agree with my logic on this? Or, or if there's any flaws, feel free to point them out. Yeah, I mean, he's got to abandon this notion that he's going to be able to buy off or appease the deep state. You know, no fancy new FBI building is going to make them get in line. Um, uh, this is a, a corrupt, permanent government class that is insulated from uh, democratic accountability. And, um, you know, he's he yeah, he, he's he's got to go in and he's got to clean house. He's got to drain the swamp the way that he promised. And I will say, sadly, during his first term, maybe, it was, you know, hopefully he's learned some experience and uh, learned from some mistakes that he made in his first term. But he made a lot of terrible appointments. He put a lot of people into positions of power underneath him that ultimately undermined his America First agenda and stabbed him in the back, from John Bolton to Nikki Haley to so many others. So I'm hopeful that Trump has learned his lesson. If uh, it looks like he's on a trajectory to win the Republican nomination again, and certainly I prefer him to Nikki Haley, uh, but I would also hope that he learned from some of these mistakes. Sure. If you're just tuning into the Wake Up America show right now, good morning. I'm Austin Peterson. Thanks so much for tuning in. Don't forget to click that like button and subscribe to the channel. If it's your very first time watching the show, we'd love to have you come back here and join us for our five day a week, Monday through Friday, two hour show, seven to nine a.m. Central Time. It's a great way to start your day. We have great content, great clips, and of course, great guests like Maine Senator Eric Brakey who's joining me live right now on the show. We're talking a little bit about Donald Trump all but securing the nomination uh, for president of the United States as a Republican. He's going to face a massive challenge, not only in um, <clears throat> winning the White House, um, considering that uh, he is concerned about election integrity, and not a lot has changed really since 2020, but also in the fact that he's got multiple lawsuits hanging over his head. Uh, Judge Napolitano, who's a regular on this show on Wednesdays, Eric and I, we talk about this possibility of a constitutional crisis that that Donald Trump maybe actually gets sentenced to jail while he's president of the United States. What do you think happens then? Well, I think that thankfully the precedent has been set with Eugene Debs, who was uh, who ran for president from prison during World War One. Uh, he was a socialist candidate, but he was in prison because he uh, used his free speech rights to speak out against the, the uh, the military draft and and Woodrow Wilson's, uh, you know, involvement of the United States in World War One. So if Eugene Debs can run from prison on, of course, even there, those were very unjust charges and very corrupt process. Uh, then I, you know, I think that people's faith in our 
establishment institutions in this country have been shaken so far. I mean, you see this by the fact that the more they prosecute Trump, the more support he gets. Uh, you know, even if they took it that far and they tried to throw him in prison, I bet you he could get elected president from prison because people's faith in in this whole de- system of injustice has it's not what it used to be. And it's a wild situation to consider. Uh, you're a very pragmatic liberty Republican, Eric. And so we really, you and I operate very much on the same wavelength. We have very radical ideals, but we want to take pragmatic steps to implement them in order for us to be able to get our agenda across the line. You've been able to get elected as a proud libertarian Republican, showing people how it's done. And you've been able to do that because you've made wise choices in how you've taken steps in order to advance your political career so that you can actually take the Liberty ball down the field and maybe score a touchdown. Justin Amash, who is a former congressman from Michigan, tweeted the other day that he's considering run for the U.S. Senate, so a statewide Senate office, federal office, in the state of Michigan. Now, we both are big fans of Justin Amash's policies and his principles, but here's the rub, Eric. It, a congressional seat is not the same thing as a Senate seat. You know, Ron Paul kind of did the same thing. He ran for Congress. He was able to do that, but he wasn't able to do it on a statewide level in Texas. You know, it's a completely different beast here. And then there's the whole problem of Justin Amash is very, very anti-Trump in a polit- in a Republican Party that's very, very pro-Trump. Do you think this is a good idea? Do you think he stands a chance if he comes out and is and is maybe less pragmatic than you or I may be when it comes to our views of Donald Trump? I mean. There's there's such a thing as an uphill battle, and then there's another thing is like throwing rocks and sand in your own eyes when you're trying to run for office. What are your thoughts on the potential uh, candidacy of Justin Amash, not as a libertarian, but as a Republican? Yeah, well, personally, I'm 100% supportive of Justin Amash running for U.S. Senate. I, I don't know the dynamics of the race. I don't know who else would be running. I don't know Michigan politics, but... Uh, it would be great to see him back in Washington, D.C. It'd be great to see him in the U.S. Senate alongside Senator Rand Paul. God knows that he could use some reinforcements there. Uh, and as far as uh, Justin Amash, yes, he you know, he did vote for impeachment. That's something I disagreed with on. I think he got bamboozled a little bit there. Um, but I will say, you know, if you've been watching Justin Amash in the years since, it's been interesting to see how he has, uh, when it's come to these uh, these uh, prosecutions of Donald Trump and and efforts by Democrats to throw Donald Trump off the ballot. Uh, Justin Amash has been pretty outspoken that he thinks this is absolutely wrong. It's an absolute abuse of power by Democrats trying to undermine some of the basic systems of you know our ability to elect our own leaders. And so, um, you know, I I think that well, you know, I certainly disagree with where Justin Amash landed on impeachment. Uh, it, it it shows that he's not just some reflexive uh, anti-Trumper. Um, you know, he's he, he Justin Amash is much more nuanced than that. And we might not always arrive at all all the same conclusions, but he comes from a really good set of of base principles of liberty, and I, I appreciate that he's bringing a little nuance to how he addresses uh, the lawfare that's taking place in our country right now. It's a fair and balanced answer from a state senator from Maine, someone who's shown Liberty Republicans how it's done. Now, there is the question, though, of course, from the fact that as a Republican, he quit and then joined the Libertarian Party while he was in Congress and then quit now is quitting the Libertarian Party. Do you think that that kind of like 
flip-flop one party to another than back to the original party? Do you think that hurts him in a primary? You know, it's hard to know, but at least as I look at it, like flip-flopping from one party to another, it's not like he's changed what he believed, right? I'm a political party is just a political vehicle. Use the vehicle that's going to most effectively get you where you want to go on the road to advancing freedom and liberty. Uh, Personally, my belief is that there's a lot of great people in the Libertarian Party, but it's just not an effective vehicle for winning elections. The Republican Party is a much more effective vehicle. I commend Justin Amash for for coming back to the Republican Party to consider a run for U.S. Senate. Uh, And of course, you know, uh, I think one of our great uh, heroes, Ron Paul, did something similar. You know, he was a Republican in Congress up through 1988. He left. He joined the Libertarian Party to run for president. He actually, I think he, um, was, or was that 1988? Anyway, in the 80s at some point. 1988, I, uh, yeah. I, yeah, you're right. He, I was, <laughs> it's, that's right. He challenged H.W. Uh, Bush. Um, uh, but then, you know, recognizing that the Republican Party was a more effective vehicle, even if you got to be in that party with a bunch of people you find distasteful who don't really always stand for liberty, uh, Ron Paul came back to the Republican Party and he made a much bigger difference running as a Republican, uh, being in Congress as a Republican and being on that Republican presidential debate stage. So uh, I hope that Justin Amash succeeds. I'd love to see him back in the U.S. Senate. And, um, you know, we need we need uh, champions like him in Washington. To know Eric Brakey's uh, thoughts there on Justin Amash potentially running for U.S. Senate in Michigan as a Republican. Uh, Eric, uh, one final line of questioning here. I'd love to get your thoughts on the Lion of Argentina. Javier Malay, self-described anarcho-capitalist, goes to Davos at the World Economic Forum, tells them all they're a bunch of psychopathic authoritarians to their face, uh, has eliminated government agencies, uh, takes a chainsaw to government employees. He's already laid off 5,000 government employees calls himself an anarcho-capitalist with a minarchist streak. So, you know, anarcho-capitalist in the streets, minarchist in the sheets. Uh, me likey, Eric. Me likey very much. Your thoughts on uh, Javier Malay of Argentina? Well, you know, Austin, I know you're you're a musical theater guy, so I'm sure you've seen uh, or you're familiar with uh, the musical Evita, which is about the Peronists uh, taking over Argentina and all the disaster that they wrought there. I'm looking forward to the Broadway sequel, uh, Javier, uh, you know, Argentina strikes back. Um, you know, it's it's very encouraging to see. It gives a lot of optimism that if this can, you know, if uh, if an anarcho-capitalist libertarian can win election of the presidency in Argentina, then maybe there's still hope for America um, and this and that these ideas of liberty are disseminating throughout the world. Um, so I'm very excited to see what he continues to do. I love it. I think something he said in Davos, he said, you know, I I wasn't elected to herd sheep. I was elected to awaken lions. And I think that that's, as those of us who believe in liberty, that's exactly what we all need to be seeking to do in our efforts. Let's do it. Javier Malay. Sends a thrill right up my leg. Eric Brakey, one last line of question here for you. I want to make sure that you get an opportunity to talk about a new massive project that you have undertaken, the Free State Project, which I've known about for years uh, and have supported publicly in the media. And I know that you are really excited to take over this new role, role as the head of the Free State Project. What is it and what are you trying to accomplish? 
Yeah, the Free State Project, it's a mass migration movement of people who love liberty, the state of New Hampshire. In fact, as I step into the role as executive director, I'm finishing up my third term in the Maine State Senate, and then I am moving to New Hampshire. Uh, thousands of libertarians over the course of the last two decades have moved to New Hampshire to achieve political concentration here where we can have an effect on the politics and the culture of the state. New Hampshire has become the number one state for freedom in America as ranked by the Cato Institute. We have uh, dozens of liberty legislators elected in the state capitol passing school choice, eliminating the income tax. Uh, uh, they passed defend the guard in the New Hampshire House just the other day, telling the Washington DC that they wanna bring their National Guard troops home from wars that Congress won't declare. There's a lot of liberty happening in New Hampshire. And I know you guys are pretty good in Missouri, uh, but if anyone wants to upgrade and uh, come to a state with even more freedom, you're always welcome in New Hampshire. We're building a Liberty homeland here. And even if you just want to come and visit Austin, I don't know if you've ever been to the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, which will be taking place in Nashua, New Hampshire this uh, this March. One of our great friends, Glenn Jacobs, mayor of Knox County, Tennessee, WWE wrestling superstar Kane. He will be there as one of our keynote speakers, along with uh, George Mason University economist um, and professor Brian Kaplan. That's March. Uh, and then in June, we have the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Everyone loves it. It's like the libertarian Burning Man. Austin, have you ever been to Porkfest? I've been there once and it was an absolute blast. I think I used Bitcoin to buy my breakfast there. <laughs> well, you got to come back. We'd love to have you in the free state. Thank That'll you. be this March. I got to say, I'm sorry. The, the, this yeah, go June. ahead. Yeah, this June. Oh, this yeah, June. I got, I, Go ahead. Well, people can uh, find out more at porkfest.com, P-O-R-C, like porcupine, and uh, nhlibertyforum.com. There you go. I definitely think that in your hands that the Free State Project is going to be on the right track. Eric Brakey of Maine, a Liberty Republican. We appreciate your time today. Thanks for being so generous with it. And we hope you'll come back again real soon on the show and update us with how things are going. Thank you, Austin. Thank you, Eric. Have a good day. You guys think of Eric Brakey? Yes. You like the Eric Brakey, don't you? So then you click the like button and then you subscribe to the channel because it's the Wake Up America show and we're kicking so much ass. That's right. Speaking of Michigan, not just a Dimash, but Michigan is flashing warning signs for President Biden's reelection oh. bid. Oh, yes. Top Democrats in the state that will help decide the presidential race are sounding alarms about recent polls showing Biden trailing Donald Trump. <laughs> By double digits, they 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 got they'd be freaking out over there. And it's not looking good in other battleground states as well. Early uh, surveys in other states, including Arizona, Georgia, North Carolina, and Nevada, have shown Biden trailing Trump. Oh. <laughs> A recent Pennsylvania poll showed Biden with a slight lead over the former president. So in Michigan, the camp, the president's campaign may have may have a little bit of a benefit because the Republican Party of Michigan is kind of fractured. They're having a fight with Christina Caramo, who has refused to leave her post as their GOP chairwoman there after party leaders voted her out earlier this month. So they're having this battle right now over their chairman that's making it really hard for them to be able to conduct normal business. Now, Biden is probably going to be helped by the fact that some of the key indicators of the economy have been improving, things like inflation 
and wage growth. Although don't forget that when it comes to inflation, they don't include some of the necessities, the staples of life, bread and butter and gas and milk and all that stuff. The things that, you know, that we buy every single day, right? Oops. Why did I push that button? I have no idea. Uh, so the question of abortion might be another one in Michigan that could put President Biden over the top, right? And then the, the question of expanded access to mail-in and early voting is another major factor in Michigan, right? But then there's the conflict in Gaza that has alienated a lot of young voters away from the president and Arab Americans in Michigan, right? And polls have shown that Donald Trump is gaining support among black voters in that state. So for example, a poll, a poll that was done by Detroit News in early January found that Trump is leading Biden in Detroit 47 to 39%. The poll that shows Biden with weak support from nearly all of the Democrats' key constituencies. When they asked voters if, if they thought Biden deserved re-election, the poll found the president significantly underperformed with black voters. Voters between the ages of 18, 29, and those holding college degrees. These are key constituencies for the Biden administration. Young people, minorities, and people who have college degrees, right? So the vast majority of independent voters in the poll didn't believe that Biden earned re-election, while about one-third of those surveyed felt that Trump deserved another term. It's looking good. It's beginning to look a lot like Trumpy everywhere we go. Take a look at Michigan. It's happening once again with Arizona and Nevada too. It's beginning to look a lot like Trumpy. Mean tweets on every newscast, but the prettiest sight you see is the dollar sixty-three for the gasoline. <laughs> Welcome to the Wake Up America show, where everything is weird, 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 and we have a great time talking about the news. And sometimes we sing, and sometimes we dance, but we always have a good time. So do us a favor: come back and join us every Monday through Friday. Subscribe to the channel. And you see here at the bottom of the screen that text line. Oh, you're not watching the show live. What are you doing? Listening to it later on the audio? I guess that's okay. Let me look at me tickle that text line right down there. Ooh, oh, my goodness. Oh, my How goodness. How dare you? 573 319 1586 is the text line. Again, you can send us a text anytime, night or day, at 573 319 1586. We all appreciate you. Sign up. Jonas says, AP can. Carry a tone, I jealous. Yes, thank you. Orion Callie says that shirt is so saved by the bell. Damn straight, boy. <laughs> Glad to have all of our friends here. Kim McCurry, Quest Fanning, Sign of Jonah, uh, Erz Mommy, and Joni Rankin, and Somniferum. We appreciate it. So Joni says that I got the part. Thank you. Someone run out and get a big band for Austin. Sinatra lives again. Oh, boy, you haven't heard me sing Sinatra yet. Boy, he's been killing it. Austin seems especially giddy this morning. Yeah, because I just, things are just going so well. I mean, on a personal note, I, first of all, I've been exploding, champing at the bit, trying to tell everybody, wanting to tell everybody the news that I'm going to be a dad, and I'm just, like, thrilled. For the last three months, 
I've just been like, <laughs> you know, I'm just like, <laughs> I got such good news. And I'm like, it's such a good mood. And now it's like, I can finally talk about it and everybody can know. And I can finally like my joy and my elation can finally, it's overflowing. Uh, so many people stepped up and were buying us gifts off of our baby registry. Thank you very much. I appreciate you. I'm grateful. I think Corey and Callie, we got yours. And I'm so grateful for you all for being so supportive of me and my wife's little venture. And it's working. I feel like Anakin Skywalker, you know, in The Phantom Menace when he's putting together the pod racer and he's like, it's working, it's working. <laughs> Wake Up America show live streams are actually building an audience. And the, the people are buying merchandise from the shop like our friend Nancy. Thank you, Nancy. She's buying some sweet merch. From APForLibertyShop.com, we appreciate that very much. All of your support has just been overwhelming. Just gifts and, and support and love and well wishes and cards. And we had friends over over the weekend and had a little party. So, I mean, I mean, what else? What more could you want for if you're a guy like me, right? You're a middle-aged dude who, who likes to have nostalgia and entertain his friends on a morning talk show live stream. You've got a little e-commerce business. I get, I'm get, i getting retweeted by the president of the eighth largest country in the world, Javier Malay, who's badass. I mean, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't be happier. Thank goodness. I, things are just going so well and I'm happy and I'm glad that I can share this with you guys and make friends. And if it's your first time here today, I might be annoying you with all this ebullient happiness. And uh, I do get $5 for that word, Camellia. Thank you. Ebullient. E-B-U-L-L-I-E-N-T. Ebullient. All right. Who do we got coming up next on the Wake Up America show at 8 a.m.? We've got John Miltimore. Yes. It's Mondays with Miltimore. Another reason to be in a good mood. I want to hear his thoughts about Ron DeSantis dropping out, what he thinks about Donald Trump and the court cases, maybe running for office from jail. What would that be like? What does he think of Justin Amash running for Congress? Kind of some of the same things that I was talking to Eric Brakey about. But if you have a question and you'd like to hop in and I'd love to hear your thoughts, don't forget, tickle that little text button right there. 573-319-1586. Again, that number to text in if you have a question or want to talk to us at 573-319-1586. It's time to go get Miltimore Mondays with Miltimore on the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. They watch this presidency get stymied by relentless resistance, and they see Democrats using lawfare this day to attack him. Well, I've had disagreements with Donald Trump, such as on the coronavirus pandemic and his elevation of Anthony Fauci, Trump is superior to the current incumbent, Joe Biden. That is clear. I signed a pledge to support the Republican nominee, and I will honor that pledge. He has my endorsement because we can't go back to the old Republican guard of yesteryear, a repackaged form of warmed-over corporatism that Nikki Haley represents. The days of putting Americans last, of kowtowing to large corporations, of caving to woke ideology are over. I thank all of our Good morning, rise in freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America Show at wakeupamericashow.com. Click like and subscribe to the channel. Come back and join us five days a week, Mondays through Fridays. The Wake Up America Show streams live. It's a two-hour liberty-centric talk show. It's a great way to start your day, as well as a cup of that founding flavors that you guys are watching on the commercial there. I see you out there. I know you want a cup of that 
delicious coffee. Don't forget to check it out. And when you leave the show today, exit through the gift shop. All right, so Ron DeSantis is out. Sure, we saw it coming and some people are disappointed, but he endorsed Donald Trump, which means that the primary is over, right? No, wait a minute, hold on there. Nikki Haley still running for office and she's trailing the president in New Hampshire, but maybe all those DeSantis voters go to Nikki Haley, huh? No, God. Here to lay out the political landscape on Mondays for our regular Mondays with Miltimore is the man himself, John Miltimore. More joining us live. He's the editor at large at the Foundation for Economic Education. What's up, John Miltimore? Hey, good morning, AP. How's it going? We got a lot to talk about. Pretty wild weekend. Eh? Yeah, pretty wild weekend. Ron DeSantis drops out. Were you surprised? Uh, no, I wasn't. Yeah, you know, a friend of mine. We were talking. I don't know if it was one week ago or two week ago, two weeks ago. But uh, neither of us thought he was going to make it past New Hampshire. He, you know, his his numbers in in New Hampshire. You know, he he was going to you know get get clobbered. Um, and I think the writing was on the wall and, um, you know, whether or not he was going to endorse Trump, you know, it, it was something, I guess, I guess it makes sense politically, but it, it was hard to see a little bit, the, you know, the, the, the DeSantis campaign, the Trump campaign had been at each other's throats for so long. Um, you know, it, it's one of the things I hate about politics, you know, your friends and all of a sudden then you hate each other. Now you're friends again. Um, maybe it was predictable, but it was still kind of, you know, wild to see. Just like Ted Cruz. Remember, if you look back to 2016, Ted Cruz and Trump, so much vitriol there. And like Trump even took cheap shots at Cruz's wife. And then Cruz, Cruz came out and, you know, endorsed Trump. And I, I guess that's politics, right? Yeah, that's politics. Vivek Ramaswamy gets trashed by Trump a couple of days before Iowa. Uh, it drops out, endorses Trump. Trump has him as a surrogate out there campaigning for him in New Hampshire. However, there is one holdout in this situation, and a candidate who is, is um, I guess, has received special ire, not just from the president, from the president's base. I mean, Tucker Carlson even came out and said, if Donald Trump picks Nikki Haley as VP, he would campaign against that ticket. Now, who knows that the, if anybody will actually keep to their promises that they make before the election. After the election is always a different thing. But what are your thoughts on Nikki Haley? Could she eke something out in New Hampshire? But does DeSantis dropping out affect the landscape here? Your thoughts? Nah, I mean, I, I looked and and if you look at, th th there's some, some new polling that just came out here. And, um, Trump widened his lead in New Hampshire with DeSantis out of the race. And uh, she, she's she's going to lose. How how much she loses by, we, we can wait and see. Um, it, it's, you know, th this DeSantis out is uh, those those voters are gonna swing reluctantly to Trump. Uh, Nik Nikki Haley's she's not popular in the GOP right now, and, and for good reason. I you know I might have said this last week when we talked a few years ago. If you would have asked me about Nikki Haley, I would have had probably favorable things to say. Um, <laughs> I don't have favorable things to say right now. She, she's she's kind of wrong on every issue. The the foreign policy stuff. Um, you know, I, I think, I think she sounds worse than Biden in some ways on this stuff. Well, she, she's, she, um, her time in DC, she, she's really grown close to all the wrong people there. Um, I don't think she, she lasts too long. You know, the, she, she has New Hampshire that in you know, South Carolina, you know, she could, she could do well there if she wants to stay in. But I, I do see everything kind of consolidating around Trump right now in the GOP, which is kind of not a bad thing. If you ask me, let, let, let hear what I'm saying here. Um, I, I think the sooner we get to like, uh, say, say Trump, uh, Biden and RFK Jr. To me, that, that, that makes things more interesting. Um, you know, this might be the first time in a long time we see a candidate, a third party candidate that, that is actually viable. You know, RFK has pretty strong national poll numbers. 
And it, th this is going to help him, right? Making this that he's going to get more airtime. He's going to be a bigger part of the conversation for better or worse. Like some people listening might hate RFK Jr. I like a lot of the things he's saying. Um, so it, it, I think this will give him a boost as well. Yeah, I mean, RFK Jr. was pulling in double digits against Biden in the Democratic primary. And I was just reading some um, information this morning from the Wall Street Journal about how Biden is underperforming in states like Michigan with uh, 18 to 29 year old voters and with uh, minorities and with Muslim Americans because of his position in, on the Gaza-Israel conflict. So President Biden faces a significant challenge this fall. I think if the election were held today, Donald Trump would win. What about you? Yeah, I think if it's held today, I think most people, uh, pollsters, those who love Trump and hate him would, would probably say he'd be the favorite right now. Now, let's let, let's see in November. There's going to be a lot that happens between now and then. Um, you know, it's but yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with you. Right. Like right now, you know, the winds are at Trump's back um, for better or worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, John, the uh, the question about Donald Trump winning this fall is divided libertarians. A lot of libertarians are like, well, maybe I'll vote third party this year. But the LP looks weaker than it's been in a long time. I think I've I've never seen such an unappealing prospect as voting third party in this election, specifically libertarian. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, th I think the libertarian ticket is a, is a bit muddled right now. Um, there are other interesting candidates out there, though, like third party beyond the libertarian space. Like I said, RFK Jr., you know, he, he is talking about all the right things to me. He's talking about, you know, going after the, the federal bureaucracy in a way most candidates aren't. He's talking about going after the Fed, right? Like, who, where, where is that conversation? I'm not seeing a lot about it. Um, Cornell West is a guy, don't underestimate him. He could shake things up there. I think I'll underestimate. <laughs> Forgive hey, me. Let, let's see. <laughs> he, you know, and, and we haven't heard a lot from him lately, um, but he could. Don't forget, a, a, a candidate doesn't need, you know, uh, a, 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 we've seen this in years past, right? Where a candidate with small percentage vote can, can play a big role in federal elections. Um, and, and, you know, if, if nothing else, Cornell West will bring some interesting color and anti-war rhetoric to the race. Um, so w I'll say this, we are looking at a wilder race than we've seen in a long time. Yeah, it will be interesting to see what happens when with the Democrats and the Republicans finally do their conventions, name their nominees, and to see how many ballots Robert F. Kennedy Jr. can actually get on, because that's really the sincere challenge is, will he actually impact the race, depending on how many ballots he can get on in certain states, will he get on the battleground states, that remains to be seen. But is, speaking of the battleground state of Michigan, John, I'd be curious to know your thoughts. Did you see the news that Justin Amash is pulling the old switcheroo again, maybe running for U.S. Senate as a Republican in the state of Michigan? Did you see this? I did not. No, I, I, we talked a little pre-air um, and I had a really busy weekend. I didn't consume much news. Um, that, that is welcome news, you know, like, like I, I know, I know Amash had some, you know, a bitter party with the GOP and, and, and not unjustified, but we need people like him. Like, and, and, and here's the thing, uh, you know, I, I've thought about this, talked about it a lot. Um, I, I do think libertarians in the GOP, they agree on more than they disagree. Um, and, and, you know, getting, getting people like Amash running in the GOP or or the Democrats, don't, don't get me wrong. Either either way, we can get them elected. You know, these parties can be a good vehicle for libertarian candidates, and uh, I think Amash should be a strong one over. 
Um, he voted to impeach Donald Trump. Donald Trump is massively popular within the Republican Party. He'd have to win the primary in order to get the job to run for Senate there in Michigan. Then he'd face an uphill challenge in a very blue state to a, an extent. We could be spending a lot of time, a lot of energy, and a lot of money to try and get Justin Amash across the finish line in the primary, only to be completely decimated and to have all of that energy and time and money wasted because he will run as an anti-Trump Republican. Is that a good idea? Well, it depends. If Amash is trying to run as an anti-Trump Republican, I think that will make his his election a lot more difficult. That's just the reality. And, uh, you know, I, I think... Um, Here's what we do know. I, I and I, I wonder if, if the Amash people have, you know, sent an olive branch out to Trump um, or not. I, I, I'm not saying that with any, you know, inside knowledge. Um, I, I think here's what we I know. Voted, look at look I at DeSantis and Trump. I voted to impeach you and get you kicked out of office last time, but now we might be okay. I mean, hey, look at DeSantis and Trump. Like like all of this, all of that vitriol. They've been attacking each other like crazy. Then this is politics. You put that aside and and, and you forge ahead. Um, voters have short memories, you know, um, that could make it for, you know, that could lead to some tough political ads against Amash, you know, saying, oh, like he could look like a flip flopper and all those things. But as I said, voters have short memories. Um, if, if they were to kind of, you know, let bygones be, be bygones, that, that would, um, I think make a, a easier run for Amash. Yep. I, I agree. And, and I certainly, I hope that uh, your optimism is warranted in, in this one. I just, I would really be. I think that if he runs openly as an anti-Trump Republican in the primary, that it's like a ninety percent, like percent, like probably going to lose. Uh, like not even. I don't even know. If I think ten percent might be too high. It's just you can't run as an anti-Trump Republican in this Republican Party as it is. I mean, I saw that Thomas Massey. You know, he was fighting for DeSantis until the very end. He and I even were kind of going back on Twitter. I don't know what Massey will do. Massey at least is safe in his district, but it is a congressional seat and a Senate seat is a completely different beast. So we'll see how that shakes out. For those who are just tuning in to the Wake Up America show live right now, good morning. I'm Austin Peterson. Glad to have you here. Click like and subscribe to the channel if you're enjoying the content. On Mondays, we have John Miltimore. We call it Mondays with Miltimore. He's the editor at large at the Foundation for Economic Education. He's joining us live right now, talking a little bit about how the political landscape is shifting and what we might have to look forward to for the rest of the year. Did you ever think you'd see a headline like this from uh, Axios.com? Um, this is what I'm seeing. Listen to this headline. It's absolutely wild. I love it. It's uh, Javier Malay. Hold on real quick. Let me, there, it just disappeared. Here's the headline. An anarcho-capitalist was the toast of Davos. Hey, you know, I, I got a piece coming out on, on Malay over there, um, and his speeches were fantastic. He was on fire. He's saying all the right things. Um, I, I, think, I think the more attention we can bring to Malay in his message, the better. I, I think he's such a breath of fresh air. Um, and if you look, particularly there, you know, I, I heard some people were upset that he was even going to go talk there. And, and to me, that's nonsense. Like, we need voices like Malay over there. Let, we, we can look at the, you know, World Economic Forum and say, like, so much of that is is bananas. Um, but to, it, it is influential, right? And um, we, we, we instead of just, you know, shunning those conversations, I think it is good to be part of them. Um, and if you look at the discussions there, I, I was watching it on on Twitter, just uh, their, their, their feed coming in of different speeches. It's crazy some of the ideas that are coming out of there, like 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 a full pivot from fossil fuels, um, bans on plastic bags, bans on 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 this and that. 
Um, the, the biggest threat, if you, there was a poll, the biggest threat to the people that were attending this was misinformation, which is to me terrifying, and which would suggest to me that they really want to, to find ways to control information, which is, is horribly Orwellian. Um, we, we need a guy like Malay out there whose message was just pure, pure freedom. You know, and he, he's, he's giving a message, like everybody left and right, they all talk freedom, like they all say that freedom. He, he, he's cutting through that and giving a libertarian definition, definition of message of freedom, and, and it's really refreshing. There's a big difference, though, between an Argentinian version of anarcho-capitalism and an American version of anarcho-capitalism. Um, you know, his election was greeted with skepticism by many self-described American ANCAPs for a few specific reasons. One, he's very pro-Israel and very pro-United States. We don't see that from the American ANCAP community. Two, uh, he's very much in favor of building up the Argentine military because they have so many incursions by Chinese fishing, boat, fishing boats, which illegally go into their waters and steal their resources, and they have no military to be able to defend their waters. He seems to have a foreign policy that is more, much more based on a Rand Paul realism than an anarcho-capitalist and the military, you know, the troops are all welfare whores kind of rhetoric that we hear from those in the United States. Does that show that there's maybe a, a bit of, I mean, not just less than pragmatism here in in, in America and in our view of anarcho-capitalism, but I mean, like, it, it, it's kind of um, the way I look at it, and maybe you agree with me or disagree with me here on this one, John, it seems as if like in our sweet little cushy bubble under the 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 warm, cozy blanket of American military protection and dominance, that we have these sort of very isolationist views here in the United States that Argentina doesn't have the luxury of? Yeah, no, I, I see your point, but I think there, there's a bigger difference here too. Look at, look at the, you're not wrong, Argentina has a, a very tiny military. Um, look, at, look at the US military. Like, 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 like we're, we're, we're spending, you know, what's the Pentagon's budget? Close to a trillion dollars. Like we have, we have bases all over the world. Um, we have the, the Pentagon, the, they can't even do an audit, right? Like, like how many years have we looked? Like, like the Pentagon cannot even successfully successfully do an audit, and and that to me says the Pentagon is too big, it's too bloated, and we need to have serious conversations about about scaling it back. I think I, I think globally, we, like no we doubt. are. We no doubt, so, I agree with more I, problems in a lot of ways. writ large. I agree with the that with the with the standard libertarian talking points on that one. But you cannot deny that America's military is fucking awesome and can kick your ass. And everybody in the world is jealous of the American military and wishes that they had a half of what the American military can actually accomplish. Argentina actually wants to build up their military. He wants to have what capabilities we have here in the United States. He wants to be able to defend uh, the, the borders of Argentina. He's come out specifically and said that. He wants to build up their navy. He wants to do more uh, military training exercises with the United States. So, I mean, not very anarcho-capitalist of him, right? I mean... Well, well, well I'm, not, I'm not sure that's fair, though. Like, there's a difference between building up a military to defend your fishing zones mm -hmm. versus having a massive military that has, has for a generation, two generations, been projecting power all over the globe that has been in a 20-year war in Afghanistan that got us sucked into a bloody, bloody conflict in Iraq 
that go go back further, go back to Vietnam. You know, sixty thousand Americans killed in in another country for for reasons that people still find it difficult to explain today. Um, so I, I think I think there, Argentina is so different from 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 the United States uh, historically. But you're mis but you're evading my point. They want to be more like us. They want to be able to project power because by projecting power, you can but you can actually have security because other nations know not to mess with you. They got their ass kicked by the UK in the Falklands Wars. They want to be able to defend their territory so they don't have another situation like what happened under Margaret Thatcher's administration. They want to be able to actually defend themselves against first world nations and those kinds of incursions. It's more than just about uh, incursions by Chinese fishing uh, um, vessels, John. It's also being able to defend yourself against countries like the UK. I, I don't think you'll find most ANCAPs, at least the ones I know, that are, are saying a, a United uh, any nation doesn't have the right to defend itself. Oh, but, come but, on, but, John. Yes, really, you are. I mean, yes, you are. They, they don't believe in a standing army. They don't, they don't believe in military. That's a redistribution of wealth. It's it's theft. And you've heard the troops are welfare whores, the well, rhetoric before, John. Come on. No, I, I, we again, run in the same circles. Come on. Th th it depends on what ANCAPs we're talking about. Like, there are some. I, I, I will concede that there, there's some ANCAPs that are, I think, do deal with this on a level that that isn't practical. Um, but, but most, you know, let, let's step back. Most, most people, you know, libertarians, Republicans, anyone, they're they're going to make the case. Yes, you have. It, it is a proper use uh, to, to use a military to defend one's fishing zone, to defend one's borders. What Argentina is doing in that respect, I, I certainly have no problem with that. Again, the U.S. it has a very different. We're not defending our our borders like with our with the Pentagon, right? We have bases all over the world. We're we're talking about defending other countries using. Uh, that's a whole a whole different conversation. Um, and, and and so yeah, like like what well to keep it simple, what Malay is doing to me does seem seem proof. I, I see nothing wrong with, with with saying Argentina needs needs to build up its military a, a little bit. Well, look look at what what's happened in the past. You know, look look the fact that you can't even even protect your own territory. Like like Argent Argentines have every right to do that. Um, and, and going back to the United States, the Pentagon is bloated. The Pentagon needs to to to. I I, I can do with a little more isolationism. To, to be honest, like I, I think that's one of the things that has led to so much many problems over the last half century. I'm, I'm with you. We, I'm with you. Uh, I'm with you on the idea that, you know, uh, it's time to revisit the concept of Pax Americana, but I also don't drink any ANCAP Kool-Aid that the world would suddenly become a safer place if the if we lived in a multipolar world where China and Russia were somehow on equal par with the United States in terms of uh, military capabilities. I, I, I definitely would not buy that idea. Um, anything else that we want that you want to share with us, John? Uh, any initiatives that you got working on? What's happening over at fee.org these days? What's happening? Yeah, well, you can check out all our content there. Uh, I there's a piece that that just published you might want to check out. It, it, it's one of those fun pieces. Biden's war on dishwashers just hit a snag, and it, it, it's kind of fun. Why the federal government is regulating dishwashers and in, in, in washing machines and all this is, is, is to me completely bizarre. Um, a, a federal appellate court just just struck down their their effort to reimpose some of those rules that were rolled back during the the uh trump administration um so so you can find that piece up there this week but yeah check out all our content on fee.org my content you can find on substack at the take uh john miltimore and uh i'll leave it there there you go hey john thanks so much for getting up early for us and joining us every monday we always appreciate your feedback we get lots of great responses
to your segments here on the Wake Up America show on Mondays. We look forward to having you back again next Monday. Hey, see you next week, AP. Great being with you. Thanks very much. You guys, thank you. John Miltimore. Send us a text at 573-319-1586. Again, that's 573-319-1586. And I guess, can I show you something kind of fun? Over at APforLibertyShop.com, I have this new little feature that I've introduced on it. It's called Spin to Win, uh, and it's a little spinning wheel that you can spin for a chance to win uh, 20% off, 10% off, 5% off, or even a $5 gift card over at APforLibertyShop.com. This is a fun, this is a little way for me to kind of gamify getting over, getting you to turn over your contact information to me. Um, over at ap4libertyshop.com and you if you visited the site before and you closed it out you didn't know all the fun stuff that you're missing out on uh so it might be a little button down on the bottom left hand corner of your screen that you have to see i don't know if it's showing there on the uh on the page right now but in the bottom left hand corner of the screen see where my mouse is my cursor is going here you can click there's a little button that says spin to win and it'll pop it up in case you had closed it before uh, and all you got to do is give me your phone number <laughs> and your email address. And if you do, then you get a chance to win a $5 gift card, 5% off, 10% off, 20% off. It's way fun. Spin to win. Let's fill out the field. Let's let's see what it's like. 573-319-1586 is the text line. And then let's do my email address, AP for Liberty Shop at gmail.com and then you get to spin the wheel boom spin the wheel and hopefully it will work maybe i've got my pop-up blockers things that's going right now and stopping it from spinning um i don't know why it's oh it says please enter a valid phone number oh god well i'm not putting my phone number up on the screen so all you guys can call me i know it knows that i have a google voicemail that's because i'm smart Spin to win at AP4LibertyShop.com. You can win a $5 gift card. You can put it to work right away and use that $5 gift card and buy yourself a box of Founding Flavors Coffee, the most delicious coffee in the world, like Thomas's Painkiller, absolutely scrumptious. Mm. Delicious. It's a Founding Flavors world with your sweetheart. Take a spin on the AP4 wheel. It's a time for play. It's a coffee day wait for it the whole year round visit ap the number four ap for liberty shop.com spin to win i will be sending you emails and text messages as part of my marketing ploy to take over the world the government and leave everyone alone you know how it be so sign up spin to win send me your text but i promise i'm not going to spam you we, we send out like three emails a week and do me a favor if you've get, if you're not getting those emails but you've signed up um make sure that you've got us like you know not sent to your spam folder and then your text messages come like three times a week as well plus the text messages that we send out that we send out are usually pretty fun and very funny as stephanie set up this really cool new jewelry jewelry line over at pforlibertyshop.com tell me like if you're a girl would you want something like this a beautiful Viva la Libertad Carajo necklace. I mean, come on. If your lover, if your lover gets you a Viva la Libertad Carajo necklace for Valentine's Day, I mean, you pretty much have to. You know, you know. 
No other shop in the whole freaking world has a Viva La Libertad Carajo necklace, only APforLibertyShop.com. So head over to APforLibertyShop.com and get yours today. John Burke says, hell no, I won't go on the Trump train. Ron DeSantis is out, so where's he going to go? RFK Jr., vote libertarian, not going to vote, but we'll hear from John Burke about that when we get back on the Wake Up America show at WakeUpAmericaShow.com. The warmth of being home is a reminder why I've chosen public service. From joining the United States Navy and serving in Iraq, to representing the people in the U.S. Congress, and now serving as governor of Florida. And it reminds me why I decided to run for president, to fight for those who have been forgotten in this country. This is America's time for choosing. We can choose to allow a border invasion, or we can choose to stop it. So nice. Smile you got there, Ron DeSantis. You look genuinely happy. For the first time in the last year, Ron DeSantis smiled and I wasn't kind of feeling creeped out, you know, where he gave you the ick, right? With that kind of weird smile at the base. But Ron DeSantis has dropped out, sadly. And I think, you know, it's definitely sad. Ron DeSantis doesn't deserve to be humiliated because he's a great governor. And I've always thought that he would make a great president, but it's just not his time. And I've been sparring back and forth with a lot of DeSantis supporters. There's a great wailing and gnashing of teeth as he drops out, which I totally understand. Listen, I've run campaigns and lost, and I know how supporters can be. Some people are still keeping a level head, though, and one of them is the most savage man on the planet. In fact, he's the host of the All-American Savage Show. You know him better as John Burke. It's live this morning. Good morning, John. Thanks for getting up early for us. <laughs> I like the fact that you're like the mo- one of the most sane ones as like, bro, if that's the case, we're really screwed. We're really screwed if I'm one of the more sane voices. Well, you are, uh, John. There is a great wailing and gnashing of teeth. How are you feeling? Oh, yeah. Uh, disappointed. You know, I'm not going to lie. I-, I did have my hopes set on him. I knew it was going to be a very, very difficult battle. There's no there's no denying that. And of course, you are going to see everybody celebrating on Twitter and things such as that is to be expected. I mean, I would be doing the same thing if I was in their position. Yeah, it was a it was a victory. The way it, the way that the Trump administration went about achieving this, it's classic Trumpian. I'm not going to sit here and pretend and pearl clutch like I'm shocked. Um, you go to levels that I don't normally agree with in order to achieve that victory. And, you know, as you and other people have put it in the past, that when you want to start slinging mud with Trump, you got to be better than him at, at that. And then when you go to that, you, it's kind of like that whole premise of in order to defeat evil, you got to become evil. It's not DeSantis. DeSantis, I don't, he's a Boy Scout. Um, I, I like his policies. I still so. My thing was I support him as long as he stays in it. And then when he decided to, to drop out, I was like, okay, so be it. Now, it, le- it lead, the question is, where did the DeSantis voters go? A lot of them feel very disenfranchised. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter, and I know Twitter's not real life, but I've seen a lot of people on Twitter from the, uh, from the DeSantis camp talk about RFK Jr., and I'm just like, ooh, like, no, sorry. <laughs> I was like, I am not going to go. It's like, if I don't agree with Trump's policies because I feel like they're too far left for me as a conservative or a, more of a constitutionalist, I'm certainly not going to RFK to spite Donald Trump. I just I'm not going to do it. Um, but at the same time, though, I know MAGA wants to unify. I know Trump wants to unify. But it's like, why am I going to vote for someone who I feel that doesn't reflect the Constitution? Second Amendment, he attacked it. Spending, he increased it. Empowering the FBI, he did that. So he does have a lot of policies that I signed the CARES Act, helping funding the mail-in ballot by like, what, 400 million? There's so many different things that I've seen from Donald Trump. It's like, why would I vote for you? Because at the same time, it's just like people say, look, we well, don't want Biden to win. It's like, well, then let's compare a side by side of policies on this. Biden doesn't like the two way. Trump doesn't like it. So, you know, and my question to those people like yourself, Austin, is like, what would you do 
what would you do if you were in our position to where it's kind of like, I'm not voting Nikki. I mean, that's just hands down, not going to happen. Where do we vote? Because I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to play this political game of and here's the reason why I'm not going to play this political game of I'm going to vote for your guy. So the other guy doesn't win, because what we see with that is the system doesn't change. And for example, Mike Johnson, what does he do? He does the exact same thing McCarthy was going to do as far as the uh, the government funding bill. Same amount, nothing changed, more of the same. And the same Republicans that cry that we have spineless Republicans in, in Congress, this is the reasoning why. It doesn't change. So if we continue this back and forth of our guy versus their guy, um, it's just, like I said, it's not going to change. So right now, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to sit back and watch. I want to see who Trump picks for his VP. Um, I, I've seen them suggest Vivek. I have I have a friend on the inside that said Vivek has already been offered something within the administration. I don't know if it's going to be VP. I have no idea. Um, biggest thing is though, and let me ask you this question uh, to get your your stance on this one. With Trump losing states like Arizona, Georgia, there was a Michigan. What's the pathway forward to two seventy? I'm glad you ask. Um, the the reality is this, John, and and I, this is like last minute up to date uh information that i was just reading on the the um the show this morning this is from the yeah. wall street journal says biden has a michigan problem endangering his reelection. early surveys in other battleground states including arizona georgia north carolina and nevada have shown biden trailing trump a recent mm -hmm. pennsylvania poll showed biden with a slight lead over the former president here's what's happening biden is underperforming significantly among black voters He's underperforming on a voters ages 18 to 29 and those holding college degrees. Majority of independent voters show that said that Biden doesn't deserve reelection. And mm -hmm. in a place like Michigan, where there's a high Arab American population, they're not happy with his views on the Israel Gaza conflict. So yeah. that's the the path to the path to 270 is through those constituencies which had historically been voting Democrat switching to mm -hmm. Donald Trump because of the dissatisfaction of the Biden campaign. But that is something that I yeah, I'm sorry that that that's one of those things that I could see that as a possibility, because, I mean, when you've got people like um, Charlemagne, the God and a lot of black figures in the black community coming out against Joe Biden, it certainly doesn't help. But to counter that, though, I'm afraid to say that at the same time, as soon as uh, blood was in the water for the DeSantis campaign to drop out and withdraw, Biden instantly launches more hit ads on Donald Trump, and they're very effective. I mean, if you haven't seen these ads, it's like basically taking some of his ads. It's like, you know, what does it mean to be a dictator? And it's kind of like, here we go. And Biden, make no mistake, they have like a historically high war chest. So I, I don't know, man. I, I think I'm not going to sit here and say one thing or the other. I really don't know. I don't know if Trump can be Joe Biden. I think based upon, you know, performance, you'd be stupid to think that he couldn't. But at the same time, you got to remember, and this comes back down to whether or not you think the 2020 election was stolen or not. But a lot of people say that it was stolen, yada, yada, yada. But what I try and position to people, and two things can be true at the same time, is that you had Donald Trump from 2016 to 2020, even one year back before that, where the media really just ran buckshot over this guy in a sense of like slandering him, Nazi, bigoted, xenophobe, all these things. And liberals bought this. I mean, hook, line, and sinker. They bought COVID. They bought everything. What do you think that's going to change? So it's like, will they rally again? Because it was like, was the election stolen? Or was the fact that Trump helped them turn out more voters because of their hatred from Trump due to fuel propaganda from the MSM? We'll see it again. Midterms didn't turn out very good for the left. We were the right. We were promised a red wave. It was like a red. The red tsunami was nothing more than a red trickle. 
Trump's picks have not been the greatest. So it's like while Biden has done like horribly, his his approval ratings are like still what a fifteen year low. Um, and then you do feel like a lot of minorities are leaving him. Uh, it makes me wonder, like you know, what's Trump's plan here then? Because clearly, I think a large scale amount of the DeSantis supporters, if you want them to come to MAGA, is that you want to see some COVID accountability. Where's that coming from? Uh, that was one of the biggest things over there. And uh, I don't know, man. I really don't know. No, your criticisms are valid on the policy front and uh, on the electoral question. I think, you know, I've answered that as, as best as I can. I think that's yeah, yeah, their strategy ahead. through those voters I, I, as to whether or not that works, you know, is, uh, neither here nor there. But uh, let me ask you something, John. Are, are you open to changing your mind if I were to provide you with sufficient evidence that Trump may have been the most libertarian president that we have seen since Calvin Coolidge, more libertarian, in fact, than Ronald mm. Reagan. If I were to provide you with with data, even even with all of the concerns mm. that you've listed, which I share with you as well, if I were mm. to provide you with with uh, uh, countervailing evidence, would you be mm. open to changing your mind? I'd have to see the supporting evidence, of course. Okay, it has well, to be. Then, it would have to be okay. overwhelmingly better than what I've listed for you already. Because I, for me, one of my biggest, the uh, biggest issues is the Second Amendment. That's one of those things I will not compromise on. And you, you as all people know why. And you know, Trump was not a two way president. Now, granted, I know I'm not a single issue voter, but that one is paramount for me. But Great. at the same I'm time, though, you. I do have to. I have to beg the question on this one, though. Is like the reasoning you're asking for this. So I clearly you're voting Donald Trump. Yes. Okay. Why? Uh, here's why. Um, mm -hmm. Donald Trump's accomplishments. Number one, Trump signed the right to try bill on May 30th, 2018, that allows terminally ill patients to try experimental treatments not yet approved by the FDA so they have a fighting chance to live. In 2018, mm -hmm. the United States surpassed Russia and Saudi Arabia to become the world's largest producer of oil. The 25% lowest paid Americans enjoyed a 4.5% income boost. That outpaces a 2.9% gain in earnings for the country's highest paid workers. Trump signed mm -hmm. a bill making CBD and hemp legal in December of 2018. He signed a law ending mm -hmm. gag orders on pharmacists that prevented them from sharing money-saving information. He signed a bill allowing some drug imports from Canada so that prescription drug prices will go down. He signed the groundbreaking First Step Act. The poverty rate fell to a 17-year low. He appointed five openly gay ambassadors, including the very first openly gay cabinet member, he also con mm -hmm. called for Congress to pass school choice legislation, signed tax cuts to promote school choice, and he ordered mm -hmm. a halt to all to U.S. taxpayer money going to international organizations that perform or fund abortions. He also tax his tax cut legislation included opportunity incentives to promote investment in low income communities across the country. Which those uh, end uh, in 2025, I believe. Those weren't right, permanent uh, tax cuts. Right. And that's great. That's you, still, can, you can list. That's, those are no, great. That's good. Those, yeah. are gr those are amazing. They he, are great. He legalized but then CBD. You're enjoying the largesse mm -hmm. of what Donald Trump had done. I mean, your business is oh, literally sorry. built on the foundation that Trump gave. Yeah, that's great. But then what about the hundreds of thousands of businesses that he destroyed with the supporting of the lockdowns, the issuance of the jab? Um, I'm not going to memory hole those things. Those are all fine and dandy. What you're, I'm not what you're listing, you though, what you're listing, though, are like the first two to three years, which I've not denied in, in this whole runoff that Trump's first two to three years were not bad. We did very good. Absolutely. I'm not going to deny that. I won't take that from the guy. Like, but at the same time, though, when faced with the world's or at least our generation's biggest issue on whether or not you're going to stand for freedom or not, then Austin, these great things you're listing, you can listen to me. It's like, John, you excel with CBD. You're 100% you're right. And it should have been legal for a very long time, and it hasn't, unfortunately. But at the same time, now go tell the business owners that had their lives utterly destroyed through the lockdowns that are not coming back. 
there were so many people that suffered out there. So it's like, you can, you can try and reason with me, but Austin, it's not me that I'm actually thinking about here. I'm thinking about the stances. That's that's one of those things that that I can't. Yeah. Memory holding the ideas of these jabs, these vaccines that Trump continues to praise. I acknowledge that. The, the thing is, is mm-hmm. that I think, unfortunately, that uh, we libertarians, and, and I say you, I, I, when I say we, I say me, but I don't know if that's what right, you yeah. describe yourself, but but yeah. uh, we don't grade on a curve, <laughs> we grave on an ideal, right? We've created, mm-hmm. in at least for my people, we tend to grade on a perfect shining example of a, of a president who never existed, because right, we've, right. Never had, we've never had a libertarian president. We've only mm-hmm. had presidents who were on a sliding scale, if you've uh, run a curve, mm-hmm. if you're going right. to give an A to any president, it would be a fight between Grover Cleveland and Calvin Coolidge would both mm-hmm. get like an A minus to a B plus, and then everybody right. else kind of like slides from there. But in regards to the actual policies, I've had to justify what my vote for Donald Trump was in the last election and why I'm doing it this fall. And those things that I listed to you, those were only a partial list. I've got dozens mm-hmm. more of things that that libertarians have been pushing for for years in terms of policy. There were things that he did that were on my actual presidential campaign list of things that I was running for president on. He actually mm-hmm. did it. So so if you grade on a curve, which is, I think, a reality-based way of looking at the world, mm-hmm. he was, for, first of all, he was far better than Ronald Reagan when it came to the 2A. What did Donald Trump do? He issued an executive order <laughs> banning bump stocks. And Ronald Reagan yeah. was Ronald Reagan was far worse. He actually said legislation. Yeah, but your justification guns. now is you're trying it's to compare a, a turd to a turd. It's, it's like it's an ex, no, it's here, here's the thing. I, you can't Thomas Sowell had a famous quote. There are no solutions in this life. There are only right. trade-offs, right? There yeah. are only oh, yeah, trade-offs. Course, yeah. And that's the yeah. and that's the reality that we're faced with. So so mm. so in order for me to ju- feel good sleeping at night, knowing that I'm voting for a president who you know, pushed Operation Warp Speed and gave mm-hmm. a medal to Anthony Fauci and did a lot of all these things that you listed, spent money like crazy. You know, mm-hmm. I've had to try and find the silver lining in the cloud, and there are plenty of them there. So if those justifications aren't enough for you, I understand. It's your right as a free mm-hmm. country to vote for who you want. You're obviously not going to yeah. vote for our RFK Jr. You're probably no. not you know, interested in what the libertarians are offering. But I mean, you know, you're, maybe you're just going to stay home, right? But, you know, mm-hmm. you, as, you as someone in a position of authority, John, who more people listen to you than they listen to me and they listen to what you have to say and they will follow you. You have a responsibility, whether you like it or not, to, mm-hmm. to sort of, you know, as a leader to lead. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it's in, in some ways like, you know, I'm, you I'm glad to hear you say that, Austin. I am so glad to hear you say that as yeah. a leader, you lead. So then explain yes. to me what January 6th was all about in regards to piss poor leadership and performance. It was mostly I'm not- peaceful. <laughs> John, John, Wait a we should no, 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 no. You're talking it about was, grading on a it curve. It was a disappointment. Your curve. It was. It was, for, it was a yeah, huge. For, it, it was a huge disappointment. People, yeah. And we should have. Yes. And we should have stormed the Capitol back when they oh passed the New Deal. <laughs> hey, well, where's Matt Gates? Where is he? Now, here's the other thing that you haven't brought up. Is it's two things. Now, I don't blame Trump for January 6th. Trump, I, I streamed that. We watched it live. I don't blame him for that. What I do blame him for, though was as a leader, as a, a political tactician, sending your people down there to protest was like, again, like I've said this on the show, is like putting gasoline next to an open flame. What the hell did you think was going to happen? Now, as a result, Trump condemned the J6ers. Then he calls them hostages and he abandons them no matter what. What was done for these? And I'm talking about those that were that were prosecuted unjustly by the J6 community and the rest of these people, much less the FBI, 
that investigated Trump under the Obama administration that nothing got done to. And then Trump comes back out and says, like, I want to build the FBI, a whole great new building. And it's like, okay, you say one thing, you do another. I, I feel like there's no consistency. So while he has some really good policies, when it comes to leadership, when it truly matters, I don't think he does it. I don't think he's got it. And the other so reason you're right, he didn't do those things last time. But no. we know Joe Biden absolutely will not, at least if Donald Trump is the president, there's a chance that might happen. There's a chance that he might uh, pardon mm -hmm. Julian Assange and Edward Snowden and Ross Ulbricht <laughs> and others. He, um, I'm, he pardoned. Oh, my gosh. Dude. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Who did he pardon last time? What was a Bannon? Lil, Lil Wayne? Steve Bannon. Mm. Steve Bannon, of all people, with the whole border nonsense. We didn't get the wall. Trump comes out there and says there was no legal incentive to make the pay for it. So then you lie. You And here's the thing. That's on the voters. That's voter ignorance is the reason why you bought that. Because I'm sitting there like, how are you going to get that funded? And it's like, oh, executive order. That's going to be reversed. That's not a permanent fix. Now we've got to fight the southern border, the Greg Abbott. And I, I prefer my tax money going to this now. Thank God Abbott's finally stepping up. But I, I just feel like all the things you've listed, I won't knock those. They're clearly good things. Not all of them. Um, you know, I get the whole the whole Kim Kardashian goes in there and we got to do ref we got to reform things. But then you turn around and you signed the CARES Act, which, again, you put 400 was a million towards mail and ballot voting and say, this is how they're going to cheat folks. So once again, Trump exemplifies you say they're going to do one thing and you do nothing to combat it. We didn't secure any elections. We didn't lock anything down. And I understand with federal oversight how you could force states to do that. I, granted, I get that. But then it comes down to spineless Republicans that have made no effort until after the fact. We're very Republicans in general, are very proactive, or excuse me, reactive. And it's annoying. It's getting annoying to the point where a lot of GOP voters are starting to feel disenfranchised. They're starting to feel like this is just like, it's, it's just a circular game of, it turns into, well, we got to vote for this guy because we don't want this guy to win. But this guy is not much better. And it's like, if this is the constant choice, if these are the constant choices we're, we're being given, it's like, maybe it's time, like Mike Malice says, to just let it burn. Let it burn because this is not working. And he's He's a very vocal libertarian himself. And Mike Malice stands is just like, it's not working. The system is flawed. It's, I mean, realistically, it's turning into a popularity contest with who's got the most money. And we all know this. We know the corruption is there. Or not even just the corruption. We just know how the game works. So it's just like, when I see people like Ben Carson, who I used to have a lot of respect for, come out there and make these religious comparisons of Donald Trump, and I'm like, this is the same guy. And he, again, I don't care about a politician's personal life. I'm not voting for you based upon that because here you go, glass houses and all that. But when you're sitting there, he's like, we're going to grab him. You just, I, I was on her like a bitch. And I just, like, I can't help kissing them. I just, it's just what I do. And I'm sitting there and it's like, you're making these religious comparisons. I'm like, bro, I'm not trying to judge people. I, it's, that's God's position. But don't sit there and try and pass this dude off as an evangelical when it's like, What's your favorite quote from the Bible? Uh, you know, I really don't like talking about that because you don't know a single quote, bro. And not that I give a crap if you do or don't, but don't sit there in front of people. But evangelicals, it's, they love them. You're, they love them you're speaking, you're preaching to the choir here on this one. I mean, it's not like you're saying anything that I, you know, that I don't agree yeah. with here on this. But the, but the thing is, is that I, I guess, you know, there is a, People say he's going to be a dictator, right? The left is saying oh, he's yeah, going yeah, to be. A, yeah, yeah. He's going to be. I mean, it's yeah. ridiculous the amount yeah. of oh yeah, I won't deny hyperbole that, yeah. that the left that the left engages in against Donald Trump. Your your concerns and criticism that you had, I say, are completely valid because they coincide mm. with my worldview. Um, yeah. But 
Here's the thing. I, it's, I mean, you served our military and thank you for your service, right? You understand the concept of doing something that is greater than your own self or individual. Mm-hmm. Though we're extremely yeah. individual. Don't you, you know. dare try and use patriotism. Don't you dare try and use patriotism not to convince me. Patriotism, but I'm talking, appealing from an economic incentive. Right. Well, do you believe, honestly, that if Donald Trump were president of the United States, the economy would be stronger now than it would be under Biden? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, that's a big do I think do I think any Republican at this point can make that happen? Maybe, but it's not going to be any Republican. (laughs) It's going to be Trump. I know. Right. It's going to be Trump versus Biden. That's that's political Mm -hmm. reality. And the thing is, is, you know, appealing to your sense of patriotism. Just think about I mean, not everybody, John, you and I were very privileged people in the positions that we have in life. Right. Me, middle Mm -hmm. age, you approaching middle age, you know, in a situation Mm -hmm. where we, you know, you're engaged to be married. I'm getting ready to have my first child. Right. Like congrats we, on that, by the way. Th- thank you very much. We are we are privileged, John. We don't live paycheck to paycheck. You and I like there are people in my community. I'm one of the higher on the higher end of the spectrum. The average mm-hmm. wage for people in my in my county is like thirty thousand dollars a year. Yeah. These are they, these people need the economy to be better than, than it is. Donald Trump, Joe mm-hmm. Biden, you and I doesn't doesn't matter. Honestly, to be honest, John, you and I, we do better when we've got Democrats in charge because we can rail against power, right? So so it's fine. We're, we're fine either way. But if we're thinking about other people, the people in our communities who are not doing as well as as, as we are, then mm-hmm. that is, that is, I think, a strong appeal to your patriotism, in a sense, your economic views to help other people who are not as well off as I. That should be a strong argument, is it not? Yes, but going by your logic, then, if I care more so what somebody can do for other people, then why wouldn't I vote for the libertarian candidate that best aligns with me? Well, that's a question if you know who the libertarian candidate is going to be and if they do align with you, um, which I'm they, saying. May, they may not. Then a lot of I times have they, have, they have just as many problems as, as oh, you if would not have more, with Donald yeah. Trump, if not more. Well, than I'm just Donald saying by your, by your way of thinking, then, if I feel yeah. like the better no, person served is suited for the people. But again, at the same time, we you're not listing the negative effects, the downside of that. Yes, the economy was better. We hear commonly that like he appointed so many judges. He imported, uh, imported what was it, two uh, SCOTUS picks? Um, and it's like, no, those are good things. Those are really good things. But that's also the status quo. That's like, this is nothing like so outlandish. Like, oh my God, look what he did. It's like, that's what you're supposed to do if you're running on a Republican ticket, which is good. I'm glad he did that. I'm not knocking that. But again, at the same point, the economic examples that you have listed, he turned around and destroyed in the second half. So it's like, what you're positioning here is doesn't make sense to me because it's like you're memory holding certain areas to where it's like, the arsonist says, hey, I put out the house fire and I'm sitting there. I'm not memory holding it. Fire. Here's the thing. I'm platforming you, John. I'm giving you the platform right mm. now to say those things, because I, mm. I know that when you come on my show, you're going to say those things. So I'm not memory holding mm. them, because if I was memory, I should holding say them, MAGA, I would, excuse me, MAGA. I would, MAGA. I, I would only allow people on this show who completely agreed with me and never disagreed at, at all whatsoever. So they yeah, they're going to memory hold. That's their job. They're their shills, mm. their campaigners. Right. Mm. I'm out there saying what it is that I believe you know, on my show and, you know, the consequences be damned. Uh, mm-hmm. But at the end of the, at the end of the day, I think that despite all of the negatives, the question mm-hmm. is, is like, if, if, if you were guaranteed a hundred times out of a hundred to lose on one mm-hmm. side or, and guaranteed at least one out of a hundred wins <laughs> on another alternative scenario, anybody who's in their right mind would choose a scenario where what they call the lesser of two evils, mm-hmm. which I call a trade-off, they would choose that. Right. And that's, that's, that's part of being adult, and that's part of being a political adult that I would say, things that I've learned in becoming more mature. I'm still 
the same policy wise as I was when I ran for Senate and when I ran for president, but I am very different tactically, John. And I think that the problem is, is that people, they mistake tactics for principles and that's how we get into trouble because Trump says one thing often and then he does another. But what really matters mm. is what people do. Anyways, I want to give you the last word, John, and especially give a chance to plug your show and tell us about shellshockcbd.com. Thank you, Donald Trump, for legalizing it. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, no, what you just said, it's just, again, it's one of those things that when you say one part, you have to have the entire package deal. Now, you talk about responsibility and have an audience and, and things like that. Here's where my positioning is. Vote for who you feel is best right, who best aligns with your your um your principles. If that's Donald Trump, hey, be my guest. Vote for him. I'm not condemning those people. I'm not condemning Trump voters. I don't like cultists. Like when I go on Twitter, it's arguing with MAGA cultists or because, you know, it was a trade off from the left to MAGA. Now I'll go back to the left again, or at least the Nikki Haley fans, whichever three of those are on Twitter. I've never seen them. So these are like mythological unicorns over there. But e either way, what you just suggested as far as tactics is the reasoning why we are in this position to begin with as far as a compromise we've compromised over and over and over again until the compromising stops the gop has no incentivization to change ron mcdaniel still sits at the head of it who was a trump endorsement the wrong races have been funded they continuously pick the wrong people and i feel like republicans are getting fed up so until essentially people revolt and they start saying this is this party no longer represents me the GOP will continue with more of the same. Even Donald Trump Jr. talked about, I'm not ruling out a 2028 run. You're kidding me. You, I don't want a Trump dynasty. I don't want this. I want diversity of thought. I want diversity of candidates. And if I don't see that, I want more. And I'm not, I don't, and this is what people just don't understand. I'm not criticizing Donald Trump from a leftist position by saying, oh my God, he's racist Republican. I'm criticizing from a constitutional position of saying, I don't think that you're the best candidate that we can have to offer to beat Joe Biden. I really felt that was Ron DeSantis. The only thing that would get me to vote for Trump would be the craziest possibility of a Trump DeSantis VP pick. But I know they both reside in Florida. I'm not sure what the ruling on that is because I heard it changed again. So I'm not really sure because, um, again, DeSantis resonates well with independence, things such as that. So but I do want to ask you, who do you think the VP pick is going to be? I'm gonna sh the short list, I think, is Ben Carson, Tim Scott. Uh, and Elise Stefanik, which she's a New York Republican, which yeah. I'm, I'm actually not super familiar with her. That's the short list that I'm seeing right now. She's got like an F on the Liberty Score rating. She's, she? she's not yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. The, the thing is, is that Trump, the VP pick is always somebody bringing in a constituency that you couldn't yeah. get votes for otherwise, which is why yeah. everybody's terrified of the Nikki Haley potential, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I, I don't know who it will be. Um, but uh, frankly, would I you this is... Yeah. Would what? you still vote for Trump if you pick VP uh, Haley? Probably not. Uh, you know, I yeah, might okay. that might be the one thing that actually gets me to, to stay home in this election, to be honest. That's the um, one thing that does concern me is like in the sense of like I, I've heard that circulating now to where it's like, you know, Ben or excuse me, uh, Glenn Beck said Vivek is like, I don't think it's going to be Vivek. Vivek I got 7 percent of the vote. He does. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't bring anything really to the table. Like I don't Kamala trust Harris. Kamala Harris, she only got like yeah. got less less than that. Well, you uh, know why? You know why she was picked though. She polled at one percent. Oh yeah. And here's well, Joe Biden's. Vivek, <laughs> Vivek is a Vivek is as good a diversity yeah. pick as it gets, but unfortunately, oh, yeah. there's not enough Indians in this country to get the votes. But there are a lot of black voters. Anyways, uh, John, tell us about your incredible Shellshock CBD brand, which I uh, enjoy on the regs. Um, you sent me a gift right. package, and I still enjoy all the delicious gummies. So, tell us about yeah. your business. Uh, shellshockcbd.com. Um, yeah, we've, we've been in business since 2019. We 
We refused to lock down. We refused to shut down thanks to Trump, but Trump did legalize it. So we're grateful for that. Uh, the Farm Bill of 2018, 2019, the Greg Abbott even went further with it down here in Texas, surprisingly enough. I didn't think that would happen from a Republican. But uh, no, shellshockcbd.com. We've got the edibles. We've got the halo gummies that will basically get you baked out of your brain. Our rack out gummies are very, very popular. Like if you need help sleeping, it's just melatonin CBD. There's no THC. We have people in the military, law enforcement taking our stuff because, again, it is safe. You will not fail a drug test. We've got so many people on this. Great night's sleep. And every single one of our products comes with 100% money back guarantee. If it doesn't do what we say it's going to do, what you buy and expect it to do, I will 100% refund your money because I'm that confident. So there above all, I'm a capitalist. We can disagree politically, but above all, I'm a, I'm, God bless, I'm a capitalist, brother. <laughs> we agree a lot more than we disagree. Go to shellshockcbd.com and support John Burke's patriotic American business. And don't forget to use that code AP4Liberty at checkout yep. to give us a little sweet little discount on that. John, yeah, thanks for your time yeah. today. Have a great Appreciate day, you, brother. You yep. too, my man. Yeah. What do you guys think of John Burke? Send us a text at 573-319-1586. It's time for us to go. Viva la libertad, carajo, as Javier Malay says. Valentine's Day is fast approaching. Who is it that you love to make love to? Would they make love to you a little bit more if you got them a Viva la libertad, carajo necklace? Well, you can only find them exclusively at ap4libertyshop.com. That's AP, the number four, ap4libertyshop.com. Go to ap4libertyshop.com. Get yourself some delicious founding flavors coffee, too. It's so good. So good. So good. Visit ap4libertyshop.com. Exit through the grift shop and get yourself a Viva La Libertad Carajo necklace today. We'll see you guys tomorrow. One more day. Remember, I'm going to be out for a few days. Yes, this Wednesday through next Monday. No Wake Up America show. I'm sorry. No! No. It is what it is. No. It is what it is. I need a few days off. I got to go take my pregnant wife to go see her sister and my brother-in-law so we can spend a little time with family so they can see us before the Peterson baby comes. We're so excited. Oh, baby. I need to get like a little baby crying noise. All right. I got to run. Visit the gift shop and we'll see you guys tomorrow morning for one more show before we go on the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com.